Welcome back to Questions and Answers about the Bible and Theology. In this episode, we talk about baptism and how it's practiced at Crystal Lake Baptist Church. Thanks for joining. Josh, thanks for being willing to talk about baptism today as we help people think about what baptism is and how we practice it here at Crystal Lake. It's good to be here, Aaron, and I'm thankful that as we go through baptism, um, I can ask you some questions so our church can be benefited and helped as we come to a deeper understanding of this church ordinance. As we go through these questions, Aaron, um, this afternoon, why don't we begin by thinking on that word baptize? What does it mean to baptize? Yeah, that's a great place to start in defining terms a little bit. And the word baptize is actually not even a translation of a word from the Greek New Testament. It's what we call a transliteration, where the phonetical sounds are just approximated with an English letter. And so we have the word baptizo, and we transliterate it as baptize. So when we get down to the actual meaning of that Greek verb, baptizo, it really means I wash or I immerse or I dip. And so like many words, there's a range of meaning. And sometimes the word can be used in a more technical sense and sometimes in a more general sense. Mm. And so that word is used in a general sense at times, like in the book of Mark, where they talk about washing couches in in this kind of ritualistic procedure. But then more technically, we understand baptism to mean immerse or to immerse. Mm -hmm. And as I understand through church history, there's been a wide range of different interpretations of Christian baptism and As Southern Baptists, though, how do we understand baptism? You're right. There's been a a variety of interpretations of baptism, both respect to the mode of baptism. So that is, Mm -hmm. you know, going all the way underwater or having water poured on somebody or sprinkled on somebody. So there's debate about that. But then there's also debate about the timing of baptism, and that's really connected to the way people put the covenants in the Bible together and and the way they see more or less continuity between the Abrahamic covenant and circumcision Mm -hmm. and the new covenant and baptism. As Southern Baptists, we are identified as credo-baptists. That means that we only baptize believers. So that's opposed to paedo-baptists who had baptized infants Mm -hmm. before they could express faith verbally on their own. So so we identify as credo-baptists, but we also think of the mode in terms of immersion. So generally speaking, Southern Baptists baptize people by immersion upon their profession of faith. And this is indicated best in the statement of faith in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Now, before I read that, I'll give the quick caveat and say that many Baptist churches have a category 
for baptism with a different mode by pouring or in some other way in instances where it would be either impossible or impractical to baptize someone by immersion. Mm. So someone with disabilities or an open stoma on their body. And and the reference point for that would be going all the way back to an ancient writing called the Didache, where there, there was an exception made in some cases when, when water wasn't available. Mm. But as Baptists, and Southern Baptists in particular— we believe that Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience, symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior, the believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his faith in the final resurrection of the dead, being a church ordinance, it is a prerequisite, sorry, prerequisite to the privileges of church membership and to the Lord's Supper. So that's that's a lot there, Aaron, from our statement of faith, and I I want to chase a few items down there um, in our statement of faith. Maybe you could expound on uh, the first being we mentioned that baptism isn't salvific; it doesn't save us. Correct. So does that mean it's not necessary for Christians? That's a question that is asked far more often than I would have ever expected. Mm. Is baptism required for Christians? Mm -hmm. I answer that question, yes, baptism is required for Christians. Now, the follow-up is, does receiving baptism earn you salvation? The answer is no, The other question that might be asked is, can someone be a Christian and never be baptized? The answer to that is yes, but. Mm -hmm. But it's an anomaly. Mm. Like Very rarely would you find that in the New Testament. And the examples that are pointed to are examples like the thief on the cross who trusted in the Messiah and died without baptism. Well, I would imagine that that individual, if he had been given the opportunity— would have been baptized as all those who came to faith were that we see recorded post-resurrection of Christ. So baptism is required, and though there are Christians that are not baptized, that's the anomaly. It's abnormal. Yeah, so so we've talked about baptism as an act of obedience, mm-hmm. and so for a Christian to refuse baptism— They might refuse it because of a misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. but we would categorize it as an act of disobedience. And to be characterized as a disobedient Christian is not a good thing. And Mm -hmm. so we would suggest that the Bible would (laughs) instruct that individual to be baptized. I want to chase down another thing in our statement of faith here. Um, Our statement of faith includes that baptism is a singular act of obedience— where the Lord's Supper is an ongoing act of remembrance. So perhaps you've heard um, people who said they've maybe been dunked more than once or or quote-unquote baptized more than once. Uh, What about those people who have been re-baptized, so to speak? That's the type of language you might hear. Yeah, we put re-baptized in quotation marks because we believe that baptism is a one-time act. It's the way that Jesus gave us to declare that we're a follower of Christ. And so if someone has been baptized post-conversion to Christ, they never need to be baptized again. 
And, and so we would just tell that individual, if, you, if, if you're transferring membership somewhere, you don't need to be rebaptized because baptism doesn't signify a transition of membership. Mm-hmm. It's a one-time declaration of, of fidelity and faithfulness to Christ. That, that helps. And then another thing I'd like to chase down, our statement of faith also mentions that baptism is a prerequisite to the Lord's Supper and church membership. So maybe starting with the Lord's Supper, why is baptism a prerequisite for the Lord's Supper? Yeah, a good question and one that is asked often. And in our practice is most Baptist churches don't have people walking up the aisle to receive the sacraments. So it's often really left up to the individual's conscience as they work through these things. But we teach that baptism is a prerequisite to the Lord's Supper because we view the Lord's Supper as the meal of the New Covenant community. Mm. So only those who are in the New Covenant community have the privilege of participating in that meal. Mm -hmm. The way that Jesus gave us to declare that we're part of the New Covenant community is through baptism. So how do we know who we can invite to the New Covenant community meal? Those who have declared that they're part of the New Covenant community. And that declaration doesn't come fundamentally through a personal testimony of salvation, but through the way that Jesus mm, gave us, mm-hmm. which is baptism. Yeah, and it's, it's, we, don't, we tend to, I think, at least I grew up thinking, how do you know you're a believer? You pray a prayer. Did you ask Jesus into your heart? But from what I'm hearing from you, baptism really is that sign that you're a follower of Christ. I'm identifying with him. That's how I know I'm a follower of Jesus. Exactly. And... Uh, we talked about this at the baptism that we celebrated as a church a few weeks ago as mm. we considered 1 Peter 3. The, the thing to look back to is not your prayer or testimony, but actually your baptism. Mm. That, that mm. is your declaration of fidelity to Christ. It's a pledge of a good conscience towards God. Mm. And so while it's good and right to remember a prayer you prayed, if you can remember that, mm-hmm. we just spoke to someone who can't remember. Um, the thing to look back to is that declaration in the grammar, the language that Jesus gave us, which is baptism. Excellent. So then moving on to baptism being a prerequisite for church membership. Why is that? What's the connection between being baptized and then becoming a church member? Again, I think it really follows closely the logic of the Lord's Supper. So who are the people of the local assembly? They're members of the new covenant, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. We believe as Baptists in regenerate church membership. And, And so only those who have come to faith in Christ, who have partaken in the sacrifice of Christ, received his righteousness in that transaction that he made, which of course salvation is more than just a transaction, but the the people of God in the new covenant community are the the people of the church. That's Mm -hmm. evidenced physically in the local gatherings of believers. And so how do we know if we can receive you into our local membership? Because you're a participant in the new covenant. Well, how do we know that you're a participant in the new covenant? You're declaring it through the language that Christ gave us, which is baptism. Mm. Yeah, everything you said, Aaron, um, makes me think all the more highly of baptism. And I think for those listening, they can sense that importance even as they've been here at Crystal Lake Baptist Church. So for those who perhaps are contemplating baptism, they've maybe never thought about it, and now they're thinking, wow, maybe I should be baptized. How would they pursue baptism here at Crystal Lake Baptist Church? 
first, I would recommend that they meditate carefully on who they are and what baptism is. Mm. And one of the best ways to do that is to think about the questions that we ask a baptismal candidate before plunging them beneath the waters of baptism. So we ask something like, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again on the third day? Mm. Well, if you if your answer is yes, you should be thinking about baptism. We'll ask, have you repented of your sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? Well, if the answer is yes, the way to declare that is through baptism. And then we ask, do you pledge to live for God the rest of your days or to live in fidelity to Christ the rest of your days? Well, if your answer is yes, the way to declare that is through baptism. So first, we would recommend thinking through those things. If your answer to any of those is no, then you need to consider the gospel. Talk to one of us at the church, because if if you can't mm-hmm. answer those questions affirmatively, baptism would mean nothing for you, mm. because what it represents wouldn't be true for you. So first, reflect on who you are and the gospel. Second, you would say, come talk to us. Let us know of your desire to be baptized. If you don't communicate that desire, no one will know that desire. And so talk with us and and we'll walk through what baptism is with you and help you better understand your responsibility for baptism and and what that baptism would mean. Excellent. And so for the person who says, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to follow in his footsteps and be baptized, um, I'll talk with my pastors and say they talk with you, talk with us, Aaron, but they say, I'm just extremely nervous. You know, I've, I, I don't like public speaking. I, I get terrified being on front of people. How, how would you counsel this person? I would just tell them it's okay to get be nervous about getting baptized. Mm. Whether that nervousness is coming from the, the public speaking where you share your testimony before the church or just the simple fact of awkwardly being dunked under <laughs> water and coming back up soaking wet, it's okay to be nervous. You should let your nervousness remind you that following Jesus is a costly, life-changing commitment in which you're called to die to yourself so that you can live for Christ. Mm. And as you kill that fear of man, and as you put yourself out there, you're dying to yourself as you follow Jesus in what is really a small way but feels like a big way, Mm. And, and let it remind you that you are participating in an act that Christians for thousands of years have done, except as they've walked into the waters of baptism, they know when I come back up out of this water, my family won't talk to me. Mm. I'll be kicked Mm. out of my community. And there's a fear there. There's a real sense of loss there. And so allow your nervousness to remind you of the importance of baptism and what it signifies But then just know that every person observing your baptism is cheering you on. Mm. There will be no group of people more excited for you and happy for you than the group of people watching you be baptized. Mm. Amen. Well, Aaron, thank you for talking with us this afternoon about baptism and its importance and significance. Uh, Do you have any closing thoughts for us? Well, if you're a member of Crystal Lake Baptist Church and you're thinking about baptism— 
let us know. <laughs> but I would also encourage you to talk to two of our newest members, Caleb and Shalia, who were just baptized. Mm. Talk to them, hear about their experience and what baptism meant to them as they took that step in obedience to Christ. If you're looking for a resource on baptism that's a little bit thick, but would talk about the biblical evidence of baptism and its practice in church history, there's a book called Believer's Baptism that's edited by Thomas Schreiner and Sean Wright. We have that available for you to borrow so you can think more carefully about baptism. Other than that, let's all pray together that God would call people to himself, and as they come to him, repent of sins, and believe in Christ, that they would follow in believers' baptism, and that we would get to be a part of it. Questions and Answers about the Bible and Theology is a podcast of Crystal Lake Baptist Church. You can learn more at www.clbcmn.org, where you'll find other resources, including sermons, blog posts, and much, much more. If there are questions that you would like answered, you can email us at office at clbcmn.org.